Welcome to Grow With The Flow podcast with your friend and host, Itzy. Here, we inspire each other to grow, grow professionally in our career aspirations, and grow personally with our life, relationships, and confidence, all while rolling with the punches, embracing the chaos, and growing with the flow. Hi babes, welcome back to another episode. Today's episode is so good. I get to chat with my girl Lizbeth, have a casual girl chat. Um, Lizbeth is a fellow Taurus. She is a fellow 562 gal, also a Glossier rep, which is where we met. She's a fashionista, easy beauty lover, and content creator. Um, she pretty much keeps it real online and offline. Uh, she has a community of amazing women that support her. She has a lot of different revenues of income, and she's just like a go-getter and all these creative avenues. She's always really inspiring. But most of all, most recently, she shared her experience with her dad's cancer journey and brought us all in to that journey. And, you know, she shared from a very authentic space. Um, and we get to learn a little bit more about how she transformed that grief into growth. Um, and it's just been amazing to see her step in to her highest potential. She's been a blogger for over 10 years, so she shares some tips throughout the episode, and she also has her BA in business and art and her master's in communication. So we get to hear a little bit about that and just what makes her her. So I'm really excited and I can't wait for you to listen. So let's jump right in. Hey, Lizbeth. I know we just had like a little talk right now about life and stuff, so I'm really excited to have you on the podcast, but I would love to hear how you are currently growing with the flow. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm so honored and I'm so proud of you that you've grown into this space because you know, it's your thing. I know it. How am I growing with the flow right now? Yeah. Right now, I think for me, I am just learning how to ground myself and flow right now. I mean, I know you and I relate to this. We're both Tauruses. So we like things to go our own way. And I think that's the biggest lesson I've learned is to, you know, stand still, ground myself, look within and find my goals and happiness within and, and learn how to trust that and flow with it. So that's kind of like what I'm doing right now. Yeah. We'll see. I, as we chatted a little earlier, I'm really kind of resetting, refreshing. Like you said, spring's here. We're starting a new, it's kind of perfect time to talk about this. I feel like I'm like in the beginning again with my goals. Yeah, it's good. Cause I, I you mentioned earlier, like rock bottom. Sometimes rock bottom has negative connotations, but it's okay to like, you know, build yourself back up. At least you realized it, right? Because you could be so high and then you're just not happy. You're not fulfilled. You're, you feel like you're thriving, but you have to kind of like regather yourself. So I'm really proud totally. Of- yeah. I think like we spoke at like the pandemic really ground us. I feel like we were all going towards things that seemed, you know, to be what we wanted. And you know, everything became to a halt. And that's where I really learned how to ground myself right now and start fresh. And, and I think, you know, which I'm sure maybe we'll tap on in this podcast, but therapy, I've learned how to soothe myself through this as well. And, you know, that rock bottom is like starting fresh, taking risks right now. I'm going to be starting some new ventures and it's scary, but there's that little voice in me that's like, girl, we all got to start somewhere. You're only going to go up from here. So yeah. 
it's good. It's just, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, also like whose timeline are we following? Right. Like, why can't you start all over, you know? And, and what is that bad thing? Exactly. Like, what? Yeah. And it's it's funny that, that. yeah. And it's so funny that you brought up that word Tauruses because Lupo, whenever he listens to my episodes, he's like, take a shot every time Itzy says that she's a Taurus. Cause I bring it up all the time. And I, was, I, I, was, I love that we connect on that though, because you guys, this podcast has been in the making because it's and I will overload our schedule. And can we talk about your wedding is in a couple <laughs> days and you still decided to fit me in and it's amazing, but we overbook. We just want the best for ourselves. We want the best for other people and we just do the most. Yeah. I was like, I need some girl time before this wedding. Like let's get it all in. So I'm really, yeah. but let's take it back a little bit. Tell us how you even started your influencer journey. Where did the love for fashion and easy beauty come from? So my influencer journey started, I want to say 2008, girl. I'm going to be 31 in May in a few weeks. And 2008, I've always loved fashion. It definitely started with my mom and my love for, you know, she had fashion magazines. She always dressed really well and she would rip out magazines and tape them in her closet and would just, she was just into dressing for herself. And I, I got into that and then loved fashion magazines and Teen Vogue and just got inspired by that. And then my mom discovered that these blogs were happening and going around. And she said, Hey, you should create a blog. And I had no idea what the heck it was. And saw these other bloggers and Sea of Shoes, Carla's Closet, like the OG girls fashion toast. Yeah. And love that. And I created mine. And I mean, looking back, if you guys want to start a blog, any influencer, content creator career, just do it because you're only going to grow. Like that's the same thing. We're only growing and flowing and you're only going to evolve into yourself. But I wondered why, how come I don't have these brand deals like Man Repeller? Why don't I have what's going on here and posting style and trying to dress like them. And so um, in college though, so yeah, now we're in college. I was blogging still and so it turned out both. 2008 was before Instagram. You started before your blog Instagram. before Instagram. Instagram was doing that. Yeah. Then Instagram happened in 2010. So I was wondering why am I not popping off? But as you learn, there's a lot of business and strategy with what we do. It's not just like uploading a photo. There's a lot of networking and connecting. So yeah, that was 2008, my blog. 2010, I was in college. I interned at Vogue and thought maybe I wanted to go like that corporate kind of experience. No way. Corporate is not my life. In the hills inspired. (laughs) Oh, for sure. I saw the hills and I thought I want to intern at Vogue and it happened, which is amazing. Love that experience. Toughest, best experience of my life. So got those ideas tastes and thought, you know, let the blogging stuff started to pop off. Yeah. Man Repeller came onto the scene, the Coveter, all of these amazing experience creators happened. Then I was like, wait, I really want to elevate my blog and grow with that. And went into grad school, went to USC, got my master's in communication. And that's when I learned about more of the YouTube space. Yet YouTube was popping. Then I remember watching Huda Beauty on YouTube and before she even had the mega businesswoman she is now. It's wild. Like it's wild to see how much they've evolved and grown. When I was at grad school, created my YouTube channel, really rebranded, became I'm LVH. My first blog was L posts because it was like L posting about things. When I came up with I'm LVH, I, I thought I wanted to be everything I'm about, what I love, what I, the fashion I love, the food I like to eat, just everything I love. And at that time, like when you're starting your content career, you really have to niche down. So it came down to good food and affordable fashion. And 
looking back, those are like two extremes. Like, am I wearing a cute outfit while I eat? No, it was just like, this is where I ate. And like, look what I'm wearing today. Like they were so separate. And I remember I got a consult with Chloe Digital. I don't know if you've heard of Chloe Digital. They actually reached out to me not too long ago, asking to like, help me redo my website. And I was like, love them. So this is before where she's at now. Unreal. I saw, I followed her on Twitter and Chloe said, I'm giving free consults for blogging. And I had my first consult with her and she's so freaking cool and sweet. And she said, okay, they're kind of two separate. Like you should really focus on what your best content is and what you're doing. So it became, you know, affordable fashion. And I focused on that. And then Glossier came onto the scene, which is how you and I met. At the time, beauty was glam, beat face, lashes, contour. I never wore makeup like that. And if you guys follow a lot of fashion girls, their makeup routine isn't that complicated. And, you know, it's not like the beauty girls out there. So then Glossy came onto the scene and I thought, oh, this is, I love makeup, but it has to be easy. So that's where the fashion and easy beauty came from. So it's been an evolution, girl. Yeah. going with that. But that's how I pretty much started. There's that whole long winded. No, I love it. I mean, your mom was a big, big part of your support system and she still is today. And I feel like yeah. that's really present in all of your content. And I really love that. I want to backtrack a little bit about, you know, your Vogue internship and even going to grad school. Like, do you feel like that was always part of the plan or did you feel a little bit of like pressure from society or maybe like family just to like fit into totally. that? Yeah. So it's so interesting. My parents, they weren't, and I hate saying formally educated because, you know, they, they're so smart. smart. Yeah. They're just, you know, when the idea of college came into the picture, my mom was so much like, that's what she wanted for herself. And she said, my kids need to go to college. Like I want that experience for them. So she really pushed and encouraged. She wasn't really hard about it, pressured us, but she just knew it was an opportunity for us. And so it was definitely my mom encouraging me college. I'll be honest you guys, like school wasn't my thing. I hated school. I didn't know how to apply myself. I didn't know what it meant to be organized until college. I thrived in college. I learned structure. Classes were a little bit separated. I got to explore topics that, you know, art history classes. Oh my gosh, girl, like I thrived on that. And we didn't have that in high school, you know, we didn't learn about that. And then when I graduated college, my mom said, you know, really consider grad school. I think that would be something you'd be interested. And, you know, I'm so thankful. My mom encouraged me to do that. I went to USC. I cried when I got in and looking back though, it's, I think like the year we went through last year with this pandemic and and women, just people of color rising up into their power. You know, I'm Latina. So I didn't realize how much I'd gone through. I went to private schools. Majority of my friends are white girls. And I didn't realize that insecurity I had of like, I'm not smart enough. I can't do this. And when I got in, it was literally the most empowering experience. I thrived in grad school because I found my spot of connecting, networking, pitching, talking. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's necessary for everybody. I think, you know, street smarts is where it's at. My dad was a very successful businessman on his own and his own experiences. But I think grad school cultivated me and helped me find myself. And it wasn't easy, but when you're told to pitch 15 seconds, you know, sell something, you know, you really grow into yourself. So I wasn't, it was necessary. And my mom wasn't pressuring, but she encouraged me. And I think my mom knew best in that scenario. And it was for me, it worked out. I mean, and I'm applying it in some way, you know, with what I do. 
it's nice that you're able to try things out. And then it's like, if it's not for me, I can, I can stop it. Right. And my mom always said that she's like, give it, whether it's a week or something, like something, she said, just finish it, just finish it. And I remember the last year of grad school, I think it was becoming real where I was like growing up. I think I had like a mini panic attack and mm-hmm. I literally left class and I was like, mom, I, I was overwhelmed. I can't do this. And she said, you have a semester left, like almost there. You're going to let go. Like, yeah. So yeah. sometimes you need people that are going to hold you accountable because sometimes, yeah, that imposter syndrome kicks in. So I feel like there's so many milestones that are different for everyone. And sometimes that one isn't your niche. It's not going to be good for you. It's going to feel uncomfortable, but that's really where the growth starts. There is a couple things for sure where we're, you got to push through it. And that's one thing, you know, my mom always said, just finish it. And I think there was a lot of times where I think I sold myself short, you know, like you said, that imposter syndrome and now I'm learning and my best friend, I've been talking about this ourselves. You know, I'm in therapy. I'm proud to say that I've grown so much. That's another thing that's helped me grow and flow because you learn how you learn tools, how to cope yeah. and deal. But we set that with each other because we're ride or die. We've been best friends since we were three, but her and I are, we don't want to test the waters. We're like very respectful. We don't, we're not rebels in that way. If somebody says no, we're like, okay, don't do it. Versus people are like, just go push yourself, get through it. So that's something for sure. You need people that can push you, but you also need to push yourself. There's a difference. There's that force feel where you're just like unhappy and, or you're just nervous. I think when you become good, you feel it in your gut. Like you feel like, am I like excited, but like also like nervous or am I just like, does this just not feel right? You just have to reconnect with your body. Yeah. You have to get in tune for sure. And then that the fact about like our parents, like, yeah, you say like they weren't formally educated, but the shit that they've been through it, we got to give them so many props. Like, it's just, it's crazy to me because my my dad also didn't go to college. My mom didn't graduate high school. And they're just like, my mom is just like a social butterfly, always networking. And like my dad owns a business, like similar to your dad, they work their asses off. So we can't discredit that. And I feel like the idea of professionalism in America is just like, this whole other story that we can get into later, but yeah. What do they say? We work to live, right? Yeah. 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 And that's that like quote where even, you you know, which I know you, we want to tap on about my dad passing away too, but like he worked up until like the last two weeks of his life. Like he was just, it's just wild, but that was just such an old school mentality. And that's another tip I've learned. What works for some people, like you're saying, doesn't always work for us. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't, your parents, there's no rule book. Your parents are just trying to make sure you live and survive and want you to be your best. And sometimes you're learning what your best is and it's not what they think, but yeah, you have to learn how to navigate like my dad's work ethic, which I do have, but I also have to learn how to like take a step back and slow down. And you, like you said, you have to learn about yourself and what works and that's okay. Yeah. You're not going to hurt anybody's feelings for not living up to their standards. Right. It's really different circumstances because you think about life back then. It's it's just a completely different. And well, then being Latino, it's just yeah. a whole other, a whole other you know, layer. Yeah. For sure. proud of what, you know, our families have created and you just want to let them down. Yeah. Yeah. You want to like live in their legacy, but also like adjust, right? Because there's so many things that are different and, and toxic to an extent, right? But yeah, I appreciate you bringing that up. But I want to like, Talk a little bit more about your sense of style. Cause I remember when I started following you, it was like the cheetah. OG girl. You are. OG. I really am. I like, remember like you would take pictures in Whittier. We'd be like on the sidewalk. You'd like, we'd match like red and cheetah, like leather. It was just like, we're so extra. 
I think what like drew me to you and just the reason why I followed you was because you were always willing to try new trends. It was like, this is never out of the ordinary for me. You know, being Latina, sometimes we see white influencers or we see just different types of influencers, maybe not even ethnicity, right? Just different styles where it's like, it feels a little bit unobtainable. What inspired you to like try trends without caring what others may think? Where did that come from? Because I think that a lot of your followers probably follow you because you feel so comfortable. And it's like, I can try a trend. If it doesn't sit well with me, then I'm on to the next one. Like where, yeah. where did that come from? I think that came from being a little kid. I don't know. I, and I, I feel like, you know, I want to do the work. Like where was that? But I always just loved the idea of being an individual which is funny because we're in an industry where we're constantly inspiring, trying new things, recreating, copying each other. And I just always had to be different. I had to wear things that were different. It just lit up, lit me up, like lit up my soul. Like I was excited. My mom would laugh. Like I would have to pick up my outfits. I'd tell her mom, like, I got this. this. She's like, yeah, honey, sometimes you were wearing striped leggings with this polka dot shirt. And that wasn't the matching thing, but you owned it, you know? And I don't know. There was just this, this instinctual, I think being so centered and grounded, I just like thrived on that individuality and that tourist thing. It's back to the tourists. <laughs> so I, I, I think then that's because I'm stubborn. I wear things sometimes and it doesn't matter. Then it's all perception and maybe it's not the most flattering, but I feel damn good. Like I, you know, I'm wearing an oversized blazer and heels and yeah, I'm petite. I'm five one. And maybe it makes me look even short, but I feel good, you know? And That's the other thing with other influencers too. You know, like if you follow me, you know, I'm not basic. I'm not into my like, you know, just jeans and a tee. I'm wearing a vintage tee and maybe leopard jeans. Like we are, I don't know, just like makes me feel good. And I think for a minute, you know, going to Catholic school, I went to all girls school and wearing the uniform. It was a form of self-expression. And on free dress days, I would see girls wearing their thing, but I loved wearing vintage jeans. There's just something I loved and my family encouraged it. The girls I went to school with were all like, wow, like you're so unique. I just felt good. And I think that's what kind of, it was just like an instinctual feeling. Yeah. I love that. That was one of my questions I was going to ask. You went to an all girl Catholic school. And if you thought that played an important role on who you are today and the lessons you've learned. And like, I think about going, you know, to a predominantly white college, I feel like our paths are very linear. And the fact that like, we're going through the same thing in the same years, even though like, you know, we're at different stages in our lives. And for me, it was like, everybody was wearing shorts and like rainbow sandals and like little crop tops. And I was working at American Apparel with disco pants and just little clogs and just like experimenting with my style and people didn't understand it, but they still would compliment me. And I was like, okay, like this is who I am. Like, I feel good. I don't want to like I don't want to have to fit in, you know? So it was like yeah. a little bit of a rebellious thing. I want to hear it a was, little Yeah, it was definitely a rebel thing. So when I was in college, there was this thing called College Fashionista. And I actually brought it to I Whittier College. I was part of College Fashionista, yeah. And so Whittier College didn't have it. And I brought it and I would go around campus taking photos. And school-wise though, being all-girl Catholic school, I loved it because those girls are still my like ride or die girls. and. I'm a girl's girl through and through. So even when we went through this like whole women empowerment thing that we've all been going through, like the girl boss or wait, no, not everybody's on this mindset. Like we all don't, don't have a bunch of girlfriends. I'm such a girl's girl. I don't have a lot of guy friends. Like I love hanging with my girls. I love motivating and encouraging them. And I think that 
dynamic of an all girl school showed me what it meant to trust women, to encourage women, to uplift women, to stand your own amongst women. Cause I know there's a lot of females out there that don't have this dynamic, don't trust females. And I think that can play onto a lot of insecurities we have, you know, when you can't stand your own with other women and I'm working through it too, especially social media. It's hard to like not be jealous or insecure. And we're, we're growing out of it. I know we all are, especially being Latina. Like I would, I didn't realize I was following how many white influencers because those were the girls I was around versus now I'm like, what the hell? It was so beautiful meeting you and Amy through this because I was like, wait, you're Latina like me. Wait, what? You like fashion? Like, wait, what? Like, this is so interesting. So high school definitely played a big role for me in terms of being female, embracing myself, trusting other women and just being around smart girls that were motivated and wanted to go to college. Some are doctors, some are pursuing careers. Tasha Adams, we went to high school together. She's the bachelor and she's like, excuse my language. She's killing it. What she's now a host. You need to hook it up and have her on my podcast. Her on the podcast. Yeah. Like we're good friends. And it's just amazing to see these women just being within themselves. Some are married, some aren't, some are having kids, but there's just nothing but love and like yeah. you're rooting for each other. And I mean, just to see her now, man, shout out yeah. to Tasha. She's yeah. telling it. No, that's incredible. I, I always think about like, personally speaking, when I grew up, it was very like, I think from a Latino point of view, at least what I've learned and like talking to other colleagues and stuff, it's like, you're fighting for your like right to belong a little bit. So it, yeah. it does get very competitive. I'm the oldest. I'm a tourist. I just was always very competitive. And I think if anything, like influencing and blogging taught me that without collaboration, I wasn't going to get far. That was my biggest lesson. And it was like, people are not out to get you all the time. Right. And I always felt like I was like, I needed to prove myself that I belonged in high school, college. I, I wasn't white enough and I wasn't Latina enough. And like, I just always constantly had to prove myself where I finally like let my guard down. It was like, it's okay to be unapologetic. And the funny thing too, about our work is you grow and build more of a community when you're your yourself. Exactly. Which is crazy, you are right? like, really? you don't even have to try that hard to <laughs> try. And I know you and I talk about that. Like we, we just want to be our best and be successful women. So of course we try, we're really motivated people. But when I upload a dancing video or just random simple things that I didn't plan out, that's when I get the most engagement. Yeah. But yeah. it's just so it within me and grounded and just myself and even to tap on the schools we went to. And that's the hard part is I always felt it's funny. I went to the beat of my own drum, but don't get me wrong. I was shy. I wanted to fit in. I'm working through the fact that I want to be accepted by everybody in therapy. And that's just not the case. You definitely learn that on social media. Not everybody's going to like you. You're not going to be for everybody. And that's a hard pill to swallow because when you're somebody that wants to vibe with everybody, it takes you away from yourself. But I think, yeah, being in a predominantly white school and growing up in a predominantly white area, you know, my parents made choices for me to have a better opportunities. And yeah, you definitely don't connect a lot of people. I petite and curvy yet growing up, I thought I was a little, I don't want to say like fat. I mean, in the nineties, that was kind of the thing. Cause I didn't fit into the jeans. I didn't fit into like what the other white girls were wearing. So yeah, there's always that aspect of trying to fit in, but then I think I tapped into what was working for me. And I think that's when I felt confident and like I thrived, you know, but there's always that. I feel like I'm finally breaking through. I don't need to fit in. I don't need to, what do I want? And it's funny because like, I know you talk about your Hollister days and I I think about my Hollister days too, where my mom was like, 
we can't afford this. Like, why are we shopping here? Like, let's go to the sales section or like, these oh my gosh, these don't fit me, mom. Like me being like, con- like self-conscious. And it's like, how hard did we work through all of that to try to fit in? And at the end of the day, like maybe that wasn't even our style or and the, the wild thing. Yeah. It wasn't because when I would try, I remember it was like a back to school dance and I went to Hollister because like, I had to get the tea. I had to get the jeans, but I went with another pair because they just didn't fit me right. And I just, I didn't fit. It just didn't feel good. It didn't feel right. And yeah, I I know you and I spoke about this. I give my mom so much props because she would always tell me, honey, it's not your body type. You have to, like, she was like ingrained that in my head that it's not you. These aren't cut for your body versus telling me, yeah, honey, or you don't fit in it. She didn't give me a complex with my size or weight, which we all know sometimes that can be an issue with families. That was definitely a, like an issue with my family. And it was like their own trauma. You know, my mom had her own trauma. Projecting it onto you. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, but we both came to the same conclusion where it's like, this wasn't meant for us. And there's it's a lot not. of places that like, I feel like we've come to the conclusion where like these spaces weren't meant for us, but we're just going to build our own. Like I always say this, if there's no room at that table for us, we're going to build our own damn table. And I think that's oh, yeah. the industry. And it's taken time. And I think that's what's cool about Gen Z too. If you know, you can look at them. I'm like, man, they're just doing the damn <laughs> yeah. thing. Like whatever goes, they're very unique. But yeah, it's so different from what we went through. Now yeah. we're finally releasing a lot of like, I don't need to fit in. I don't need to do that. But yeah, yeah it's wild, girl. Yeah, no, I feel that. So earlier you mentioned a little bit about like, you have to... When you're in the influencing world, you have to sometimes get influenced from one another, get inspired from one another. Where do you draw the line about like copying and inspiration? And like, how do you draw boundaries? Because I'm just following the trends and I'm getting inspired, but I've had to mute people because it feels really toxic where it's like, it's too much. And like, now I want to like get back into my creativity and like see what I want to do. Like, how do you balance all of that? I mean, I'm still balancing it too, because we all know I love sharing fashion and I love the thrift aspect of it now. I mean, I, I've been thrifting since I was in high school and now it's like the rage and I'm annoyed that I didn't own it, you know, just because not every, now it's the coolest thing ever. And I got into thrifting because my grandfather grew up in the depression and he was so frugal. I mean, anytime we want to go to Abercrombie and buy distressed jeans, he, he was so offended because having holy jeans just meant you didn't have money. And like, you were, you know, like it was not the thing back in the depression. So, you know, (laughs) I, I do wish I like owned up more of that, you know, and I think there's a good balance. Everything it's weird. Everything is reinterpreted and Mm -hmm. recreated. My mom, especially with fashion, right? Like fashion, like literally everybody cycled and cycled in yeah i mean look at now the 2000s are back i'm like damn i sold all my juicy track suits like i literally sold all of my american apparel and like tennis skirts are back in like knee high socks are back in like my mom always told me that she always told me like everything repeats itself cycles back and even like gets knocked off like unfortunately it's part of this like society i do think there's a balance though i wouldn't say for me because as i said I like to dress and wear what really lights me up. And if I'm wearing it, then, you know, I feel good in that outfit. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's inspired by girls. I'm like, oh, I love how they paired that. And I think that's okay. I've done a Hailey Bieber style video. Experiment, try those things, copy it, see if it works, but put your spin on it. What works for you? I'm petite, I'm curvy. So this is what works for my body type. And this is what I'm inspired by. I think that's okay. 
But if you want to look like somebody so bad and you're not yourself, I think that's where you draw the line. And with my work, I always have to fill me. I always have to fill myself. And you know, if it's having Jordans or Nike dunks, because I like fashion is about experimenting. That's the other thing too. I need to get better at, you know, my followers are asking me, can you share the trends? Like what's the trends? And I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. I didn't realize you got to talk people like your point of view. Sometimes it takes like for me, you know, assimilating so much in college and stuff. Sometimes it takes you trying to be like someone else to discover what your own personal style is, you know, like, yeah, and that's okay. And I, I, I used to work with a photographer and she used to be like, this girl will shoot with me. And she has like, 80,000 followers or 100,000 followers. And she'll be like, I want to pose like this blogger that has 10,000 followers exactly like her. I want to wear the same outfit. That's copying. But if you're just inspired, then that's part of our influence. And I think that's that balance too, because I want to like go back to, I loved Man Repeller when she popped off. And it was so interesting because so many people I knew around her, like I didn't know her, but when I would show people that was my inspiration, they're like, you know, her style is so different. And I thought it was her style that I loved. I thought it was the funky layers and man repelling guys and that whole aspect. But at the end of the day, it was how much of an individual she was. Yeah. That's what I was inspired by. And I think that's okay to be inspired by those aspects. And I bought her jewelry. I bought different things that she had, but I would get sometimes like, well, why don't I feel like her? Right. Like sometimes like, why don't I look like her, like feel that because what I was inspired by was her truth. And this was before she had her website and her whole businesses, like where she was posting what she's wearing to dates and like OG blogs, you know, that she had. And I really liked that. And it took me the last couple of years to identify when I like somebody, it's because it's their essence and they're being their true Mm -hmm. self. It's not just the outfit that they're wearing. So I, that's what I inspire to be and feel that way. Yeah. So yeah. That's the hard part about social media as well is you may like a person and girl, you know, we've gone through this when yeah. you meet these influencers in real life. Yeah. I have nothing in common with them. No, literally. Besides a cute outfit. And I love to go deep. They're very surfacey. And the reason I bring this up is because I've had an influencer call me out and thought I was quote unquote copying them. And it was like, Literally, we're gifted by the same brands. And this is a trend right now. It's a trend right now. We have very similar styles. Like even hurtful too. I can't believe you. But even the trauma that it... Anything innovative. like But the fact that she has to come at you too. Again, what we're learning is her personal problem. Right. The fact that she felt so threatened. That's why I post my outfits. I want you guys to know why I think I, mean, I can tell you I've been inspired by you a million times. I think like there's a balance, you know, that this is the trends. And I thought about that too. I was watching uh Firefly Lane on Netflix, watching the trends and and it's wild to think that there was no social media, yet this was the trend. People wore flare pants, people wore their hair like that, the makeup like that. That's a good point. That it's just what's manufactured and mass produced. They didn't even need social media to have the same flare jeans, Daisy Dukes, like, exactly. you know, at the end of the day, like I'm an influencer because I want people to get influenced by what I do. Yeah. It's just interesting. And that's again, where this whole mental health issue on social media is alive and thriving and how, you know, my brother made a comment when 
social media kind of came about. He's like, social media breaks more networks than builds sometimes. Sometimes you're right. Well, I ended up blocking her because I'm like, I don't want you to think that I'm copying you. Like, so you know for a fact, like I don't take inspo from exactly. I, I just think that's messed up. It's hurtful. If you think about like me, you and Amy, we're all Latina. We all wear our Jordans, but they're just cool right now. So I'm gonna wear my Jordan. Exactly. But like cool. Like you do you. Like, let's do it. We just like fashion, but that's just the thing. Like fashion, it's a trend. And we want yeah. to experiment with trends. The cool thing about us is yeah, on paper we're Latina. Yeah, we like the same fashion. We have social media accounts but we all have our own vibe. It's so specific and that it's cool that we can relate. And like I said, I didn't have Latina friends like I have with you guys. I didn't grow up with that. All my girlfriends are white girls. I love them and there's no disrespect to that, but I didn't have that where they were interested in fashion and like that. So with anything with social media, I mean, that's how I felt when I first met Amy through Glossier. We, she's in the next town over from me. Like we oh, live oh, like 30 crazy. minutes away from each other. And we met in New York when we went to Glossier. And I never had met somebody that loved fashion the way I liked it. And yeah. if anything, it's cool to build that community where like, right. oh my gosh, you like this too? Wait, like I, all my friends are like, how do you know fashion? Like, why is that your thing? And you just feel so alone and you like, can't have a conversation. Yeah. And then you find someone that loves it just like you do. And you're like, we're literally the same person. This is amazing. Yeah. And it's like where we find our uniqueness and differences, but it's just annoying that why can't we have that comment? And you know what I mean? I don't know. I'm just, no, yeah. I'm just and I think it goes back to that competitiveness as Latinas and maybe like, you know, as women in general, like we're trying to like, survive I'm just over that whole cancel stuff nobody is going to be us at the end of the day and I think that's where that inner work comes in when you find yourself you find what makes you happy and yeah maybe again it's Jordans and we're all wearing Jordans who cares but they're different colorways because they all are sold out so we all kind of the same one day like I just don't like the idea of insulting somebody I'm just not into that mentality and let's grow from it and evolve but yeah again like what we talk about try it don't let and the the other thing too is people are so afraid to try trends because they're so afraid of getting judged right right and that okay nobody does care and and if they do care that's them it's not you right okay so this brings me to my next question you know sometimes you talk a lot about like being in your 30s and your journey and like a lot of different experiences from dating your family journey you're like i'm still living at home with my family i dated guys that have been fuck boys and that's fine how did you get comfortable and like, bless them, get, bless them. <laughs> right? How did you accept that you're on your own journey, on your own timeline, on nobody's terms? When I realized I like wasn't happy trying to do things that everybody else was doing. Simple as that. I was funny thing. I went into therapy because, well, my dad passed away from cancer. So it's like, that's the other thing is I feel like God put me through experiences that I couldn't like run away from. Like I couldn't just say, I don't want to do this. Like my life was happening and my friends, I lost my dad when I was 29 and my friends are, their parents are super healthy living. My friends are living on their own. And I was just like trying to do that stuff, but that it was taking me away from the present moment. And like, yeah, like being present and realizing, you know, my happiness, you know, is just the most important. And there was moments where, you know, even taking care of my dad and I was trying to get like a post up and do my video. It was such an outlet for me too. Like it was such a cool place. Like before, like I feel like TikTok evolved and everybody's going viral. It was, 
it was a cool little spot that I had that I loved sharing and I felt so comfortable. And even now with council culture, like I'm so nervous to talk about certain things now because everybody feels like you can come at each other and like judge them. And I'm just not into that, but there was moments like when people I, feel a little bit entitled to call you out because we have a platform, but like they don't realize we're still learning. We're, yeah. we're, we're, we're super receptive. We're all evolving. And, I, and I, you've I, corrected me on things in such great ways when we're like in a clubhouse conversation and you say, Hey, like, I just want to note this. This is yeah. how something said, but I think it's that communication because there was moments where I'm like trying to do something. Two examples with my dad. So cloud paints came out. Remember glossy cloud paints? Yeah. Those came out and I wasn't too much of a makeup girl. I just, again, easy beauty. And I tried to do the whole lighting setup, did like a full face of makeup, trying to talk about cloud paints, like a beauty girl. Oh my gosh. I didn't look like me. I felt so uncomfortable. Like it felt so forced. Right. And then at that, those years I was breaking out so bad, like on my cheeks, I had acne on my cheeks and I would get so frustrated. So that's the point is like, I was trying to do something that wasn't me and I was frustrated and learning that wasn't making me happy. And I remember going to my dad and just saying, dad, I'm trying to do this video and I can't do it. Just wah, wah. You know, my dad over here with cancer is like, you know, but like that's my dad was fucking cool that like that. And I just felt so comfortable to vent and talk to him. And he told me, he's like, Miha, go to bed, wash your face. He'd always tell me chill. And I woke up the next morning randomly at 5 a.m. So inspired film that video, got it up, got it edited. And it was, I feel like I saw this video. I remember seeing this paints. Yeah. The backstory, I was like, so emotional. I did two cuts of it before I looked like I just didn't feel me. And this last video, which I love, and I'm so proud of it to this day, but you know, you know, you got to do you what's right for you. What's your path. And there was one moment too, where my dad told me it was like real as fuck. He had said, I was like, dad, here's your, like, here's your medicine, but I got to go do this. Like I was always rushing. And even my friends now, after my dad, not having my dad anymore, they're like, well, you have such a different vibe now, you know, because I was trying to be something and be somewhere and hit a level of success that I wasn't in that. I couldn't. And my dad called me out on it. He said, Miha, I don't know if you have Latino parents, the word, the, there's not, not a language barrier, but the words that they use are a lot different. Yeah, no, it's like, a lot stronger. <laughs> yeah, and so my, it's really strong. My dad's like, Mija, you can't be so desperate. And I was like, mic drop. I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> what? And my dad's very, was a very successful man. Like he built something for himself from nothing. Like he like so inspiring and He's like, Miha, you can't, you got it. There's 24 hours in a day. You mm-hmm. work eight hours, you work hard, you sleep eight hours and you socialize eight hours in the day. You got to divide it up yourself. But the way you're working, trying to be everywhere at once, it doesn't work like that. You yeah. have to trust, literally trust the flow, trust yeah. the process and be present. And that was the biggest pivot for me where I was like, oh my gosh. And even to this day now, you know, where I'm transitioning, pivoting, trying to just go with what's like my makes my heart sing and what makes me happy and knowing I'm not failing, knowing that it's not a bad thing to pivot and do what makes me happy. And that it's, I'm not a failure at it. And that's definitely set like a hard pill to swallow. Cause we're very hard on ourselves, but those moments like recalibrated me and realized like, wait, what am I trying to do? And uh, like, just to finish off this question and the reason why I went to therapy, which is funny. So I was dating somebody and I just was like emotional what's wrong with me. I can't make this work something. I messed. I'm not fucked up, but I'm like, 
I have issues. Like I can't have, keep a boyfriend and long story short, I learned he just wasn't the right person. And I was trying to be something for someone that it just, your body knows, your body knows how you act. And yeah, that's when I realized I'm like, damn, I got to stay on my path. I got to like do what's yeah. right for me. Yeah. <laughs> and it's hard because coming from someone's like a people pleaser and trying to fit in and be like everybody else. It's, it's, it, it took a lot of unworking, unlearning. Yeah, for and, sure. And I'm so proud of you for going to therapy because I just, I really want to normalize therapy and mental health. And like, yeah. that's so, I'm so passionate about that. Cause even when I, I started therapy last year and I was telling my parents that my therapist was like, you have major signs of anxiety. I was like, well, I know that. And yeah, she's girl, like, I didn't have to go to get yeah, I was like, yeah. And she's like, and some signs of depression. And I was like, Oh, and then for some reason, the depression didn't sit right with me. I was like, oh, like, that's not me. Like, I'm happy. I'm living a happy life. And then, like, I got really emotional. I told my parents about it. And Latino parents were like, you're not depressed. You're fine. Like, strong mind. Keep going. Keep working. Because your parents are like, what did we do wrong? Right? Like, they want to make sure that their kids were happy and healthy. And I was like, I am happy and healthy. But, like, I also have... And my mom and I like work through that too. Cause my mom's my best friend, but we're so different on how we do things. My mom is very shy. She's so fun though. And she told me like, since I was a little girl, she's like, as a mother, she's like, I want you to be everything I'm not. She wanted me to have the best qualities that she admired in other women. Mm-hmm. And I do. And I, you know, and because of that, cause sometimes I'm so strong that it comes off aggressive and I don't mean it. I'm just kind of blunt as well. Yeah. Yeah. But my mom, we had these conversations. She's like, no parent has a rule book. You don't know what the heck you're doing until you're in the moment and there's no rule book. And they're just trying their best along the way. They're really trying their best. And my dad was tough. Like even through therapy, I learned I'm so militant with myself. Like oh my, I'm God. So... my dad is so tough. Like I always think about my parents too. And I'm like, they show me the toughest love and like, but it's okay. Like it's okay to have different families, but like, you just have to learn and like be aware of that. But that's the thing too, is like, it could have been, and that's what I've learned in therapy. It could, it could be like the randomest shit that was a tra- traumatic experience for you that you bottled up as a child. And now you all of a sudden think like you're not worth it or worthwhile, whatever it was, right. There's like these issues and they're just trying to do their best. And that could be an experience for you. And therapy really helped me recognize even just experiences at school that made me feel less than an insecure and lack mentality you know, I went to some competitive schools and I wasn't the smartest kid. And those things kind of added to the imposter syndrome too, you know? So therapy has been mind blowing for me. Like I learned that guy just wasn't right for me. Oh. I learned, I went in cause I wanted to grieve my dad's death as well and make sure I was processed. So many that. other things came up. Yeah. So many other layers of how I am. And she even asked me, she's like, have you ever been diagnosed with ADD? And I was like, <laughs> because I mean, you know, I talk really fast. I'm like very like quick with things and We're like always trying to do the most. And she's like, your brain processes very fast. My dad would always tell me that he's like, Miha, you need to slow down. So it's just pretty wild that, you know, an experience is going to open you up and, and it's just so beautiful to be able to talk to somebody. And right. I post that on my stories today. I, I was feeling, a, you know, we're decluttering the house right now and it's a lot, you know, my mom and I going through things, old things and 
I just like woke up emotional. Normally I would just kind of shut down or panic or be in a mood. And I was learned how to sit with it. My girl, you're going through a lot right now. Like literally having to be my own best friend, my hype girl. And you have to learn how to do that for yourself. And I'm working on it every day. And I'm proud of myself because there's some moments like I'll be in the shower or like doing something. I'll be like, I'm yeah, I'm like, I like, love you, Bonnie. I love like, you. Like, thanks love- for thriving. And, and I, I would have never done that before. And I will just give myself a little like, you look good. Oh, of that outfit. And mm-hmm. you have to be that hype girl for yourself. And I, I've learned that through therapy. And I was overwhelmed. But rather than being emotional and venting to my mom and, you know, being in a mood, I was like, okay you're going through a lot. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Take a step back. I journaled it out. And then I went on like a two mile run. Those are tools you learn how to deal. And I came back clear headed. I even opened up the Nike training app. There was a, a run that's like, I don't want to run, run. So yeah. he's like, it was cool though. Cause uh, it was a guided run. And he said, get it out. What do you, what do you be negative about? You know, you don't want to run, but you look at all the negative thoughts that you have in your head already. Just say I'm out and I'm running, saying all these like, Oh, emotional things. And then he's like, okay, you got out of your system. Let's go. It's go time. Like now let's be positive. Look at you got your, it's 15 minutes into this run. And I was like, damn, like, yeah. 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 So um, I love therapy girl. I'm sure I could be. Yeah, me too. I was like therapy all the way, but I want to talk about your content shift. You went from beauty fashion and now you're just like, every time I look at your content, it's something new. And I'm like, oh my God, I see a little bit of Lizbeth just growing into herself and like stepping yeah. into her biggest potential. Like, and yeah. I feel like this did happen because of your dad's passing. Like, yeah. at least that's when I noticed it the most. Do you think that, you know, it's in, evolved into mental health advocacy? Oh, a little for bit? sure. I, I mean, I've always loved motivating. And I think there was, you know, again, social media a couple years ago was just very like, one dimensional. It was very like, look at my life. Look what I'm doing. I'm traveling very, you know, YOLO FOMO, like those, you know, words. And it was a lot of that. And anytime I would just talk about my life and what I was going through, it really connected with people. And then right now, just going almost two years without my dad and my mom and I took care of my dad and that was my priority. And when you focus on other people, like you kind of lose yourself, you know? And I think I was doing just sharing the thing. I did love that stuff and I was myself, but I'm learning so much more about myself, what I love most. And I love motivating and I love encouraging and trying to figure out the right place to do that. And, you know, I also love creating things. Like I just love, you know, you know, my vintage draw. I mean, since my chokers, I remember you ordered them. Like you've been going that long. I was making wear them. (laughs) Amy did too. Like she bought them too. And she's like, those are the best chokers. Yeah, they're my favorite. They haven't tarnished. I didn't even know what the hell I was doing, girl. And I'm like, those are like the best damn chokers out there. And I think I just, I love creating things. That's always been my core. And then, you know, my vintage Chevy stuff that I started to drop, like, I love that. And yeah, I'm just really trying to focus on like what feels good, what I like to do, because I don't think you're going to ever mess up when you know you're being your true self and doing what lights you up. So yeah. We are pivoting girl. Yes. I'm kind of, even my content, I want, you know, I want to focus on my fashion and really explore that more and share with girls and motivate them in some way. I'm mean, coming out with a new series, which I'm excited about. Um, you heard it here first. Dropping you guys. Maybe you could be on it. It's, yeah. it's 
I haven't figured out the title yet, but it's literally like a style session. So that I want to create, focus more on my vintage remakes that I love. I know my my next drop might be out by then, my cropped blazers, which Ooh. are so cute. All vintage, made in my hometown in Whittier, Latino made as well. And it's just so cool to be able to create stuff like that. I like that sustainable aspect, which is very hard in fashion though. You know, there's, that's one thing I'm learning too about my girls is as much as I like the sustainable aspect, there's a lot of thrifting, but some people aren't big thrifters and not everybody has money like that purchase sustainable things. Cause honestly, that was my next question for you. And I, I feel like we have very similar followings, right? Like we have the Latina girls that they shop at princess Polly. We want to try the trends, but we can't afford eight hundred dollars, eighty dollars. That's always in my thing. Affordable fashion and like, I let's get the fifteen dollars. Maybe affordable fashion isn't sustainable. Like, how do you balance that? Because I know for me, it's been really tough. Where I want to be inclusive. At the end of the day, like capitalism has let Latino and people of color down because we can't afford those like sustainable companies. So, like, where do you draw the line? You know, I'm really like figuring that out right now personally because one, I was always cognizant of what I was spending. I mean, you were in a Latino family. Like I grew up going straight to the sale rack, going thrifting. And my dad saying, it's not a discount unless it's 70% off. So I had like all of that mentality. And even now as I'm growing and making money, I, I mean, I buy myself hard, like afford expensive things. It's hard for me though, but I also want it not to be a self-worth thing. You know, like I want to grow into my power and say, Hey, if you want that girl, you own it and just work for it and not feel guilty, you know, and figure that out. It's a thin line to follow, but like, you know, it, cause you've gone to that place where it's like, I've shopped affordable. I've thrifted that. Like now I get to buy myself nice things and that's okay for us. Like you yeah. don't feel guilty about it. Totally. And so for me, I mean, I grew up shopping forever 21. I grew up shopping H and M and then, yeah, this whole learning that the way it's made isn't ethical. And it was such a bummer, but brands, I mean, again, I'm not working in the factories. I'm not always doing this research. So, but brands are, are now finally taking a more sustainable approach. I just saw misguided has their restyled collection, which is recycled. I mean, polyester is the best fabric, but they're recycling using recycled fabrics to create their things. I think brands are taking note of this. And again, I want to see them pivot. I want to see them grow. Like where are they going to shift? But for me, it is also the affordability. And I want to be for that girl. You know, many girls don't have the money to afford things. Like I'm doing my beauty, I'm gifting away a lot of my beauty products right now. And a follower, they have to pay for shipping just because too expensive to send out 80 packages for me. So the girls were pumped that all I said was like, Venmo me 10 bucks for shipping and I'll send you products. And one girl told me, I asked her, Hey girl, you didn't send me your address. Like, would you still like it? And she's like, Oh, you know, I'm sorry. Like I can't afford it right now. And you know, I feel for that. And so I told her, I said, girl, you know, give me your address. I will send it out to you. You don't have to pay me the 10 bucks. People don't realize there's a lot of out there that are really budgeting. Or I gave my Ikea mirror because I got a new mirror and I, I'm always thinking to my girls, like, do you want to buy this? What do you want? And I was like, I'm not going to charge for this mirror because it's pretty damaged. And I sold it for free, but I gave it away for free. And a girl messaged me. She's like, oh my gosh, girl, like, can I have that mirror? Like, I'll take it off your hands. Like, you know what it's like being Latina. I have nieces. One niece wants that mirror and you can't just buy one for one niece. You have to, I grew up in that. Everybody has to have it too. So if it's too expensive, like it's a no. 
Yeah. And I just felt for that. So I, I just, it's a very hard place, but for me, I think of my girls that want to look good, that maybe don't have the money to do that and show them, share my skills and tips and encourage them. So it's a fine line. You know, I don't really share a lot of hauls too often like that, but sometimes yeah. girls want that really cute crop top. That's 10 bucks or man, miss Lola bringing those Bottega mules. I wore the crap out of them. Like I wear those all the time. At the end of the day, like you're not going to make everyone happy and like, you're not going to be for everyone. And like, I just feel like, what did we learn about reformation during black lives matter movement? Yeah. They have no diversity in their team. So it's like, we can be supporting sustainability, but like, we're not supporting diversity, you know, like it's really wild, right? We're always going to be like fighting to like try our best. So it's, you're doing the best that you can in the ways that you can. And that's, that's all you can do. And like, people don't see the behind the scenes and people don't see the work that we're doing. I just think we have to trust ourselves. And that's what that cancel culture. It's just hard living in this world. I, you know, I want to help our planet and save it. And there's a balance. And I think it's like these little key steps of you know, little things we all can do, but yeah, you know, it sucks because fashion is a big part of how we live as people and our identity and what we want. And it's a fine balance and we all just got to figure out what feels right. And I think that's what it is. So don't come out with people. No, but really though, like sustainable fashion isn't even inclusive to body types. Reformation barely got it. We talked about them that clubhouse episode being petite, right? And being women of color. And I never thought of this because we're talking about thrifting and there was some plus size curvy girls in there and they said oh we can't thrift because there's no it's not no, literally like a lupal sister is like like curvy and she is like I'm not gonna thrift because all of the sizes are medium or small what, yeah the one thing but I like tapping on like what these girls brought up is fashion nova misguided those are the only brands that are actually looking at curvy women and making clothes for them and unfortunately it is fast fashion I mean, Fashion Nova is another story, though. I would never support Fashion Nova just because, like, they're just problematic. And I'm just saying, no, you're right, though. It's and she brought up that point, and I was like, oh my gosh! But now, like, Target's getting better. Like, you're just H&M, you know, stuff. yeah, yeah, curvy models. Oh my gosh! I like Abercrombie. I was just shopping some jeans the other day, and there's plus curve size. For curvy girls, are you kidding me? You know how much trauma we yeah. went through when we I did like, How dare you? Abercrombie jeans, like, yeah. and now look at the growth. Look at the evolution. Yeah, I think we're gonna get to a good place in our future. I know it. I have faith. As much as we've gone through and we're growing, but yeah, it takes time. That is wild, but yeah. So just the you know you got, I don't know. Fa- fashion is definitely hard, but I try to mix in the thrifting. I try to like show the affordable pieces but yeah the girls want to see the affordable fast fashion I just want to know what advice would you give an aspiring influencer who feels like the space is too saturated right now do you think that they need to have an aesthetic feed I know you and I talk about this all the time and it's like just post what you want but what advice do you have for them I think aesthetic is I mean, you and I are, we're like such in a different caliber. Cause I know there's a lot of girls out there that Instagram and what is that? The bloggers in the water. What's like yeah, the bloggers post. Yeah. 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 Bloggers post. Do you think that that's why we've been slower at growing? Cause we're not like everybody else. Yeah. I wonder that too, because you know, like I said, I try to post my Chanel bag flatly, like on my bed and you know, that's what everyone doesn't, do well doesn't do well at all. But 
I think that's where our girls, I feel like are aware, you know, want realness and we're real. And, you know, if that means I grow slower then you know, that is what it is, but I have an, an amazing community and I think you just have to be you and do you, but aesthetic could also relate to which we know quality of your photos. Mm -hmm. If you want to do this, definitely make sure your quality is there. The photos are beautiful. The lighting's good, but let all of yourself shine in that. You know, you definitely want all of it to be a beautiful shot. And yeah, you don't want to post a cute, like you're wearing a cute trendy outfit and the lighting sucks or it's not a good pose, but also practice makes perfect or makes your vibe a vibe and aesthetic. You have to just keep working at it. Yeah. If I look at my photos from 2000, what, eight, when I started, like you have to put yourself out there and try it out. Like sometimes I take pictures that have a thousand likes and I'm like, Oh my God, I had no idea. And sometimes I take pictures that I'm super proud of and they get like 400 likes. So sometimes you find the balance of like what you love and your audience. Exactly. And I think once you get to a point where we're at, because, you know, I don't even want to discredit that. Like I have girls that really appreciate what I share and that follow and really like that. And I'm super thankful, but when you do this to our level, you have to know you're doing it for them. You know, like this whole podcast, like, you know, you're so smart and you create, you've created this space for us to understand that we're all growing and we're all flowing and you got to trust your journey. And it was not only for you, but it's for other girls. Yeah. You learn that this is for me. And this was an outlet for me through my, my journey with my dad. And it was a happy place for me. And it allowed me to express myself when I'm in and out of the hospital and seeing my dad take chemo and it kind of like made it fun and safe and okay. But yeah, I think you realize these photos and motivating and sharing my journey and talking about my run today, going to therapy, you know, having therapy and the tools, like we're all just doing it to extend and inspire others too. So I don't think an aesthetic is necessary. Do you, but just make sure quality is good. <laughs> right. No, I agree. Cause for me, like, I just want to talk to you, connect with you. I'm going to start a podcast or I'm going to start a newsletter. You know, I'm going to start a yeah. blog, like whatever it may be. Like Instagram is only the first step. Or maybe the second step or third step, like that doesn't have yeah. to be the end all be all. Instagram isn't, yeah. You definitely have different avenues and different, you know, streams. And that took me a long time to realize or understand this business as I thought, oh my gosh, these girls are making money off it just Instagram. But any other YouTuber will say that you gotta have other streams of income. Yeah. People have wow. presets all the time. Yeah, presets, like me with my vintage drops. And I like collaborating with brands, but my collaborations, unfortunately, don't always get the most engagement, which is annoying to me because I'm like, well, you guys, this funds the fun vintage. So you got to like help me out here, like the yeah. photo. And luckily I post on my stories and you know, when my girls, like my girls that follow me, they do their posts and they help me out and stuff and support. But yeah, it's wild, you know, it's definitely yeah. an interesting uh, situation, but yeah, just definitely stay true to yourself. Sometimes you just need to like test the waters to see what you're good at. So it's yeah. like, don't get discouraged, you know? And pivot and flow again, like just got it. And that lights you up and it's exciting. So part of this is like building community. You and I talk about this all the time. You and I take so much pride in building community and people that can relate. As um, I wrap up 70 packages today. <laughs> yeah. As you're like shipping out all the beauty goodies. Tell us how that's more important than a following. And what are some of the ways that you keep your girls invested? Yeah, that's so interesting. Because when I came to my space, I didn't realize, I mean, this was before everybody. I mean, I've been showing my face 
post-workout, right when I wake up, all of these things, just because, you know, my following was like my friends and then it evolved and grew. So I'm so used to just being myself in that capacity and just continue that. And all my followers that like really follow me and I've met them in real life, like, oh my gosh, you're the same. You're the same in person. Or I feel like you're my friend or I look at you like a big sister and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. So I think not only is that something special and you want to garner when you grow, I I wouldn't have expected to have a community. Like I didn't think I wanted to just share fashion, get paid for sharing fashion. Like I didn't know while I was being myself, I created some really cool relationships with girls and this community and motivated them. I never thought I'd be able to motivate them through my dad's cancer journey. Like it, it all was just such a different shift in a ways, but that community motivates me or, or, you know, I think that's the key is some days I'm not always on and I'm not always motivated. And when I post something for myself, girls, like I really needed that. And just having that one-on-one human connection, even though it is through Instagram is so special. So I just think it's just motivating. It's encouraging. They're like your friends. And I would say community over following. Cause even when I sell things like that helps me in my business, like that helps me become more successful and, you know, pay my bills and stuff. So I, it's cool when you can create a little business with your girlfriends and they're supporting you, you know? Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit before we wrap up. When did you feel like it was right to have a manager and like, what advice would you give someone who's maybe looking for a manager or being outreached by a manager? Yeah, it's so interesting. I didn't think I was ready, but I think for me and in my environment. And, you know, again, like I said, my mom and I are grieving my dad's passing and I'm helping, you know, we're decluttering, reorganizing the house. And that's a lot. It's very draining emotionally to go through all that stuff, you know, and you have to have patience with yourself as well. And so it was nice to have a manager that could, you know, pitch and negotiate and take that off my plate when I couldn't really focus on it, you know? So for me, it was great. I was in a clubhouse chat the other day though. And she brought up that managers are great when you are about 80 to a hundred thousand a year where you heard that. I don't think that's true, but I think it just depends. Like every experience is different. If somebody's hungry and wants to pitch for you and bring in money, I think that's great. You know, unfortunately my manager, yeah, I ended it with her just because I think I'm recalibrating and shifting my businesses. Like I said, I want to do more merch. I'm doing stuff with my family's business and myself. So, you know, I really trying to pivot things and like, let that go. But yeah, it just depends on, it depends. Like if your content is quality and the manager sees potential for you and wants to help you grow, I think it's great. But again, I think it's all instinctual. Yeah. I doesn't answer the question, but it just depends on your work. That's fair. I feel like you thought it was right. And you're moment of time now you're not working with them so like you can pivot you can take it back but I always thought like do I need a manager or do I need a virtual assistant like that's the biggest thing I say because me and you have had interns we've had assistants yeah. sometimes we just need a photographer like the thing is like I need somebody to pitch for me just because it's a lot of work to pitch it really is a work you know it's a, a lot, lot of work, work. I was pitching myself every Tuesday, but I was getting a lot of collaboration. So you have to really determine what your goals are. I think a manager will be good if you know exactly how much percentage they're taking, how involved they are in it, how much they're pitching. I think it's worth it if they're going to be pitching you and really making, bringing you that income. I think it's great. I'm going to like right now, I said, I love that idea. Like I need to set those days for myself to pitch for myself, but 
I think, yeah, if they're going to be bring, it doesn't matter how many flaws you have, but if they're bringing you the money and the percentage is good and you know, it outweighs that I would do it. But if you're not getting that steady income, then it might be, sometimes that's not worth it for the manager, right? Because you're not getting steady income. So it's just all like a balance game. But. It is, and that's how I learned anything. And especially in Clubhouse and our conversations is like, there's no right way to do this. Yeah. So we've talked a lot about burnout and boundaries. I feel like you know a thing or two about this. Really? <laughs> With so many platforms, we've been holding each other accountable for TikTok, Facebook. We have Pinterest. We're I'm like at my blog. How do you balance it all? It's easier said than done, but tell us some tips. For me, I think it's just passion. I love this stuff. Like I love sharing and, you know, I definitely think this is my spot, but Google Calendar and a notebook, jot things down, brain dump, but just, yeah, getting in the system. I could be better, honestly, but just being organized, Google Calendar, putting reminders, batching content, you know, you create a flow and a schedule and tell us a little bit about batching content though. For me, my content being batched is more like filming something and then diversifying it across my platforms. I'm learning for me what works is like content that does have that depth. You know, I girls want to see my alpha photos and I'm trying to figure out that space. But my content now is shifting to like what I'm only going to post something that has something valuable to you. Is there a, a video behind it? Is it a tip? Is it something to review? Because yeah, I'm just like not that girl that can just post again, like a Chanel bag and like, it's inspiring to people, you know, it's definitely like that content. So I try my best to focus on even with my outfits and stuff, when I'm wearing the outfit out in real life, it does well. If I'm trying to batch outfits and trying to figure out a spot and what I'm wearing, it never really performs well for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting. So I know, I don't know if that just like answers your question per se, but definitely for me, it's about value things that are interesting and engaging and only focusing on that stuff. I know me and you are always on. And I feel bad when I'm not on or like not sharing something inspiring. Hey. Like, and I like that. Like even too, when I went on our, my like family business trip a few weeks out of Florida, like I, you know, our family is more private. They're like, well, you don't need to share it. I'm like, well, no, my girls know everything. Like <laughs> I want to bring them along. And I was nervous about that, but they were receptive of like, you know, cause traveling during a pandemic right now, like what? <laughs> like yeah. wild. Yeah. So. Yeah. Some girls are going to get it and love you and some aren't. But even when my dad was going through, like how many girls are like, take a break, girl. Like you don't need to be on here. And I've learned that those, I don't always take the breaks, but like sometimes I'll be away from stories or if I'm on stories, maybe I'm not posting every day in feed, you know? And I've like trying to give myself that space. Yeah. I don't know. We all have our own unique flow to that, but yeah, I'm getting better at, taking time for myself, not rushing a post, not being, as my dad would say, desperate about getting things up because I think our best work does happen when we're just kind of doing us and not being, taking things so seriously about life. And it's really so liberating. Like you show up and you're just like, wow, I can just be myself. I don't have, I don't have the pressure to like show up and like force it. It's not that desperate energy. And like, Best things come from that, like our creativity. Sure. I got to yeah. flow with it. I'm yeah. learning, girl. You're growing with the flow. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much. This was so fun. Tell our listeners where they can find you and how to connect with you. Yeah. So my Instagram is the letter I M L V H. Literally, I'm Elizabeth Victoria Hernandez. And you can find me, search that on YouTube, my blog, like I'm LVH.com, Instagram. You'll find me there. 
Yay. Well, thank you so much. This was so much fun. I feel like I'm definitely going to do it round two and talk more in depth, but oh, yeah, I got to talk about dating the real, the real juicy stuff. Yeah. The real tea. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Appreciate you. Bye. Thanks for listening to grow with the flow podcast. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe for your biweekly dose of motivation and inspiration, highlighting successful women of color, living a successful unapologetic life, both professionally and personally. Don't forget to leave a review, share the episode with a friend, or if you can't wait until the next episode, catch up with me on Instagram at Grow With The Flow Podcast or at Itzy Canales. 